Welcome to the Creators Talk. In this podcast, we want to talk about the future of product development and address all the crazy, innovative creators out there. You will learn more about the manufacturing of tomorrow and how exciting it is to develop products that change the world. Our goal is to change the status quo of mechanical engineering, true to our mission, manufacturing the world loves. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining our podcast series about product development. Today, we're going to have a chat together with Carl Bredemeyer and Zot Meyer about the phase gate process. So what can you expect from this podcast? We'll get to know the advantage of the phase gate process and where it's best applies in the product development process. You will hear how Apple generates its ideas and where it helps to develop such amazing products as the iPhone or the iPad. We'll find out what you should ask your customers when you develop your product. In addition, you will get to know why Nokia thought that Apple's iPhone would not be a success, why Intel was the driver of innovation for HP, Lenovo, and Dell in the 2000s, what the door frame strike test does, and finally, why it is so hard and also rewarding to bring hardware products to market. So let me introduce you to Carl. Carl Bredemeyer is managing partner at the consulting firm Netzwerk Knoten. He has a tremendous experience in product development and in particular, how to apply agile processes to innovate faster. Besides being a professional Kanban coach and a certified scrum master, he holds a master's degree in corporate management and economics from the renowned Zeppelin University in Friedrichshafen. Prior to becoming a consultant, Carl worked as an agile coach at companies like Zeiss, Daimler, Thermo Fisher, and Roche. And of course, we also have Zod Mayer here. Zod has been working for Creatize as the chief supply chain officer since November of last year. Prior to working at Creatize, Zod worked for Dell in Texas for 10 years, then for Apple for more than 11 years, both in Shanghai and in Cupertino. Zod once told me that he spent the time he spent in China was in particular so interesting as Apple was coming from being a small, almost irrelevant customer to becoming the most valuable partner for the Chinese-based contract manufacturing ecosystem. So Zod is a true expert when it comes to product development and scaling production from prototype to full series. So please welcome Carl and Zod to our podcast. Let me go directly into the conversation with Carl, where Zod and I immediately start asking him questions. I've seen phase gate process in companies, mm -hmm. which they fully fit what you said about There's stop by management. There's management who's coming in there, senior management not prepared. It's like kind of like a regular meeting every two weeks where they kind of run in and they have other topics to discuss as well. And yeah. these, these phase gates processes were often in a, let's say, in a very early stage idea generation, work with a product go, a service go, uh, and so on. And, and they have to give the okay to go to the next phase, right? So, yeah. and I think I fully agree with you. This is a hindrance, yeah. Yeah. But the question um, that I have is yeah. how can the company run by board of directors, et cetera, as you go from phase to phase, you need to spend more money. I, I've never been in software development, so I know zero about software development. But for hardware development, as you go from concept to proto, you are doing more tests. If you have a phone, you are starting to drop the phone to see what is the reliability of that phone 
with respect to what you're promising your customers. Yeah. And if and if it breaks in a certain fashion, if the glass shatters in a certain fashion that is unacceptable either to say at Apple the industrial design studio or safety etc then you have to pause and spend more money on redesign yeah um i don't know how a bunch of first level engineers can decide to do that uh i just maybe my mind is too small i just don't know how i don't know how if you're dropping an apple watch uh, uh, or or you submerge it in you know half a meter and it takes on water and you've told the market that it's going to be waterproof yeah. how, how can you skip spending more money uh, on research development and more testing yeah. I, so i'm open to learn um yeah yeah um So maybe, first of all, uh, re regarding uh, Tommy's question, I think that the face gate approach from from uh, how I um, witnessed it in the past is always part of the whole product development cycle. So everything you do, um, um, if if you are going by that approach, is always part of the whole uh, of the whole cycle, and there's not not uh, from at least from my experience there's not this this thing okay we are using facegate for um this part of the development and then we switch to something else it's more like if you decide to do that uh, to to go by that approach um then then you just do it like exactly the way Zot uh, explained it in the paper this is how product development is done from from the ideation to uh, production um, to regarding your questions on I think <clears throat> that it's it's not about skipping uh, certain tests in order to you know shorten shorten the cycle or whatever it's, I think from 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 uh, how I see it it's more about um, checking whether you can um whether you can find the people or, or you put the people that are doing those tests uh, and you have them take part earlier in the process now oh, sure so so that you don't you, you're not like so we're developing something <clears throat> and uh, then we pass it over to another team but it's more like you take people from the other team to already um share their experiences in in the in the earlier part of the development so that you can find um, possible possible errors possible uh, you know mis mistakes early in the process so you kind of um, from from going sequentially you kind of try to mesh uh, the, the certain phases a little bit more uh, in order to to find out stuff earlier but, oh yeah 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 absolutely so that, that would be the agree with you Can I come to one point that, 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 that you mentioned earlier, where senior management is like a is like a showbreaker or mm -hmm. slowing down the process? Yeah, and that's what Zod is saying. At a certain stage, where it is a question of a lot of money, because you go from one phase to the next, like from a pro a design to X, like you design a product that it will be reliable, it will be sustainable, that it doesn't break, mm -hmm. uh, and so on. It will be manufacturable, right? So you design a product already at that stage. Yeah. 
you already passed the the the, the point where you say, well, we're going to go to market this product. We we know it's good direction. It's going to go. It's mm-hmm. a question of really getting it into the market, and that takes a lot of money. Yeah. But in the face earlier, where it's like, well, where could this product go? Which feature should it have? You know, are mm-hmm. we going to do it or not do it? Right. This is a, often this face gate. It's often a yeah. killer, right? When it doesn't pass a gate, it means that product is not going any further. Yeah. At a later stage, the question is not if it's going further, or not further. The question is how are we going to change something? How much money are we going to put in to get it mm-hmm. where it should get? So it, there's a two different perspective. One is like a yes, no, and one is like yeah. kind of how. And I guess yeah. that's also where really senior management has to be part of it because they take also a budget responsibility uh, to go further. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, and they may decide, so, uh, you know, uh, Tommy, I think uh, we were driving and I was talking about uh, Apple has been playing and spending tons of money. I haven't been at Apple in three years, two years, and they've been spending a lot of money on a charging pad. Mm-hmm. But, and it's been going on and on and days and hours of reviews, but they have a very tight criteria on how they want the user to be able to throw your phone and your your, your product anywhere on this pad Mm -hmm. without thinking about aligning for best results. Yeah. This is the Bible. I'm not... I wasn't senior enough to say this is shouldn't be, but this is the Bible at Apple now. Yeah. Plus, it should have a certain maximum pad temperature when it is being charged. Mm-hmm. They have not been able to get that. Okay. So every year it goes to a certain point, they hit a roadblock and they stop it. Yeah. which is why you don't have an Apple-branded charger anymore. So uh, individuals start from indiv- – and Apple really, really promotes from within. There's very few people who come from outside and get to VP level. Mm-hmm. There's people who have gotten to that place, and they're like, I am trusted to carry the, the mantle of Apple as a product. Yeah. And I, as a VP of engineering, am not happy with the product the way it is now. And I will put my career on the line and my millions of dollars of stock and say, this product is not ready. So yep. but this is exactly this, this first uh, stage, right? This is like the decision has not been taken yet to oh, do no. the product or not do the product. Oh, it's moved along. It's like sometimes okay. they've made like <laughs> thousands of versions of it and just a corner case is not performing and they go, well, we don't know why it's not working, but we have to postpone it for now. We can't but launch it. The, des- the so, decision anyway. has already been done, right? To to bring it to market. So they now try to do everything to, to get that done. Correct. And, and from the- what I understand and that and uh, Apple might be a special case they have always been about telling the the customer what the customer wants so th- this is how yes how like a- apple has has evolved uh and this is a special case tesla, i think tesla is a little bit that way too before tesla. okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah, so they think- they might like they might really um strive in 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 that environment and i think that many of the the 
companies in Germany, for example, um, they might have done it in the past, but they don't. They are not su successful by not asking what the customer wants. They mm. by trying to tell the customer what they want. This is how they shovel their graves because they think, okay, we have we have the time to develop uh, stuff, mm. so we it, it really doesn't matter what kind of process we we use. Face gate approach um, sounds sounds about right for us, but um, especially asking people from outside. <clears throat> like maybe uh, external developers, external engineers, um, the customers, um, they might find other solutions to the problem that you just said, but by not by deciding not to ask anybody from outside, they willingly accept the fact that it might take more money, that it might take more time, but in the end, they will have something that they think is good and that they want to bring to the market. The other way around would be um, <clears throat> we have this problem. We want to, we want this phone to be able to charge anywhere on the pad. Uh, and now we're trying, first of all, to ask the customer: Is this really something that that you want? Is this adding value to you? And do you care? <laughs> yeah, do you even care? Yeah. Um, telecom, for example, they they were they were doing a lot of stuff. Where they thought it was good, they they had millions of of euros spent on on projects that took them two to three years, and in the end, when they finally finished it, nobody wanted it. So that this is this is I think the story of many companies mm -hmm. uh, that that they this we call it project kidnapping, um, mm -hmm. where they say, okay, we've we've already spent so much money, uh, now we have to finish it. And the yeah, other way exactly. would be this, this is the is money, the money trap. you have. It's a money trap, exactly. Yeah. 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 And this is the money we have. Go ahead and, and find a solution that fits um, that fits for the customer need. And this is where I think you have to um, kind of get out of those very rigid phases and go into some sort of agile uh, or, or customer-centric de development um, where still you have to make those those decisions in the end are we going to market and what yeah. do we need for for a perfect product yeah. but you will you will have to spend a lot more time on on finding out whether this project has a uh, or this product has a chance of being successful yeah but you brought a right point i mean yeah i don't know if apple is a special case for that or on the other way you have to be so radical about your development that you can uh, be so sure that what you bring to the market is so different. I mean, yeah. let's phrase it another way. I mean, I might you might know this example. It's an old example with Nokia. When Nokia in two thousand seven or two thousand six uh, asked their customers what they want, and they saw the iPhone coming out, right? And there's already it was a rumor about it and everything. They asked their customers, "What do you want?" And they were so sure about after they asked the customers that the iPhone will not be a success because the answers they got is a phone should be a certain size, which was smaller than the iPhone. It should yeah. cost around 110, 120 euros, not more. Yeah. yeah. It, the battery should last three to four days, at uh -huh. least. Yeah. And <laughs> there should be a keyboard to type because uh, on, on a screen will not work. Right. So yeah. when they came with these results to came back to the management board, they were all laughing. Said, "Look, let the iPhone come out. We'll have a greatest chance because our customers told us that's what we want." Right. The yeah. iPhone came out, and now we know this history, right? Nokia is gone. <laughs> so yeah. what I'm saying is, yes, you have to ask the customer, or you have to be so radically different, um, 
Or they ask the wrong questions. I mean, there's the other side to it, right? That could also be. I mean, yeah, you, if you always ask the, uh, the customers, you're always going to be, uh, you know, you don't know which which of the answers you're going to like and which you don't, you're not going to like. There might have been some customers that said, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't care if it's small or big or whatever. Um, and they might only have, you know, included the, the answers that they wanted to hear. That's also a possibility. Um, or ask but on the or ask right. questions, yeah. uh, leading questions, right. such as, you know, do you want a physical keyboard or not? And people thought, what is the option to that? And they said, yeah, <laughs> sure, of course I want it. That's At Apple, the idea generation always came out of Johnny Ives' ID studio. No mm -hmm. one else came up with an idea. Like, okay. <laughs> so maybe Apple is a weird, uh, like a weird place. But I want to bring an example at Dell, and I was at Dell for 10 years. Dell was sitting, as were every other uh, Wintel, Windows, Intel, uh, before Chrome. Uh, mm -hmm. They're all sitting waiting for Intel to come up with a new processor or chipset. And okay. then when that would come out, HP, everyone would launch. Then it was the minute they came out and Intel would backsheesh it around to everyone, uh, you know, like, oh, I'm coming up with something new. Uh, it, it was a race to kind of catch up. The train uh -huh. locomotive was Intel. Your HPs, your compacts, uh, well, the compact was gone. HPs, your Lenovo's, your Dell's, your Acer's, they all were trying to get the same thing with a different box to the market at the same time. So there it was just, this is what an Intel box is going to look like with the features. Let's get there on time so we're uh, there at the market. That that was a, just a little bit of a difference um, uh, between Apple, which was its own independent, like I come up with stuff when I want to come up with stuff. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. So, but this is exactly uh, where I come back to this point where where is the ideation phase different than the gates different, the the people behind different, the speed different. I mean, uh, there's this uh, connotation, right? Kill your baby, mm -hmm. like how you just mentioned, right? If you if you have, this is typical German thinking, right? You've mm -hmm. spent so much money already on this project, we need to come up with something that works, yeah. <laughs> and Definitely. you just keep on digging yourself deeper and deeper with the car into the mud, you know, to to, yeah. to get there. So this is really uh, um, a, a, a important point. So the question is, where does this really happen, and, and where 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 it shouldn't happen, right? Like in the in the, in the especially in the early stage in the, in the phases, in the gate phases, yeah. And what what I think would be helpful, I mean, if if you think of of the way startups work and how they are financed, um, they will probably not get more money if they didn't somehow either uh, prove that the product they are building is, is relevant in the market. Uh, they need to have some, some sort of, of market research done with whatever they, uh, whatever they come up with. Yeah. And um, they will also not get more money if they can prove that it can be done. Mm -hmm. So they have to have some, some sort of idea of uh, how, how to go from proto to uh, to the next level otherwise 
it's it's very unlikely that investors are gonna gonna put in more uh, more money, raise another round, or whatever. But, and I, yeah, yeah, but this is uh, is the same for a startup as well as mm-hmm. the corporate, right? Because a startup is 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 fighting for money on the market, fighting for investors. Yeah. A startup, a a corporate uh, project within a company fights for budget, right? This is yeah. kind of the same. Uh, the fight is the same. It's always about money and about the preference given within a company and their preference given from the investor side. Yeah. The, the fight is the same. However, the approach is different, I think, because if you think in phases, if you just want to finance another phase, that's some, I somehow wanted to, to uh, express that in, in, the, in the email. Uh, if you're only fighting for the next phase, you are probably very much looking into your silo you are you want to get money for your department you want to get money for something that is um uh really tied to 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 the face but it's not tied to the actual success of the product mm-hmm. i think that this is there's a step in between that of course as a startup you also want to get to the next level but um, the overall goal is is much more present because you want you really want to be successful in the market, um, and you want to prove to your investors that um, that what you're doing is is the right thing. They are they are very similar. I I totally see that, but I think that they are still fundamentally different from from the way of of development is is being thought in in, in this process their process uh, i saw i don't know where it is i would have to look it up um i saw a i don't i don't even remember whether it was a video or or if i read an article about uh, richard me yeah uh, they, and they they like they switched the whole development process of a watch on on his uh, on its head like if you if you would go to classical watch manufacturing, you would you know have everybody is like only responsible for their certain parts, and then in the end they put it all together. And and what uh, Richard Mi is doing, I mean, I don't like the watches. They're I, I don't find them too too too. too <laughs> yeah, they're they're naughty and they're crazy expensive. Um, but uh, what they do is they really um, put all the all the departments that are responsible for building a watch, um, they put these guys in a team, and then they work on okay, how can we how can we make this this watch happen? So then they have design and production and whatever um, in one team instead of like the the whole business is very very conservative and very very of course has a long history and so on. Um, uh, and they just all switch it on. It I don't know what's the expression you just. Yeah, turn everything around and and do upside it down. Yeah. Upside down, right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I tried to find that uh, find that article or video, and then I can I can send it to you. Cool. You mentioned one thing also, which I found very interesting. It's like the face gate is 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 often very stiff, right? Because there's certain rules that are more driven internally. Yeah. Uh, to 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 put them there, and and you mentioned that if you um, solve uh, primary the customer concern and the customer problem you kind of automatically pass those face gates right yeah yeah the idea is and we tried that at Bremen because they had they had this face gate um, approach 
installed in the in the lab automation company where I uh, where I started in two two thousand eighteen or no sixteen. Also, and what we are trying to say is, if you know what your uh, what your constraints are, if you know you have to pass certain uh, certain I don't know regulations, if you have to pass certain specifications for for your um, for your material, then you can just just uh, you can just formulate those as as a constraint and say everything in your development is is always. Um, aiming at passing those those specifications but you don't have to say okay on uh, I don't know on day XYZ um, we are going to check if all those uh, specifications are met but you are constantly working on meeting those uh, constraints and by that automatically pass the phase gate and you just keep on working you just keep on working and and this is what I meant earlier and also in, in the mail, um, when you don't have the face gate as a as a goal, but meeting certain criteria in the market, um, then then the the like the the point of view becomes a different one and becomes more more a liquid more liquid development, I would say, because it's constantly going on, it's constantly being reviewed, constantly being feedbacked. And not only yeah. at a certain point in time. Oh, at Apple also, it is a constant, uh, multiple times a week review of mm -hmm. everything. Because the builds are going on, the major drops, the major reliability activity is going on in parallel in Cupertino and in China at the factory. Okay. So there's this continuous, never-ending daily multiple like twice a day cycle of information yeah. that all the way up to vp and then micro decisions it's not that they show up once a month and then they make a decision it's like constant fine tuning mm -hmm. and a lot of times so as you said very good point it's an extremely liquid uh uh decision environment yeah. where they're making um micro decisions especially as you go into ramp uh at, at apple when you go when you start going into ramp for the home pod and I, this is a story that i brought we'd made 10,000 of them and we were just cranking them mm -hmm. uh <clears throat> when you find a corner case defect immediately goes up to senior leadership, they all get together on calls in a room and they say, what is the issue? How big of an issue is it? Should we pause, slow down, or keep going at speed of this mm -hmm. massive build? Mm -hmm. And again, their careers, their reputation of a VP rides on, if I say go ahead and bank on being able to fix it, fix on fail. Or if I don't do that, I may have to scrap 10,000 speakers at a cost of millions of dollars. Okay. So they're constantly, there's this tension of, we found this little thing, should we keep going or not? Mm -hmm. 
and and, and is every product that I've been in has come to this multiple times where they say we were doing this test and we found out they call it a door hinge strike. You're walking mm -hmm. with your watch, your Apple Watch, and you right. Uh, what do we do? Yeah. And then you decide to either go ahead uh, uh, or not go ahead. Or so this is um, as you go start moving from EVT to DVT to to ramp. These decisions are daily. We have what was called a war room where the VP sits every single day to find out what's the latest failure that has been observed and then decide, can you fix this with software later? Can you, uh, one of the questions is, okay, uh, do we put out, okay, the, 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 the product is out in the market. It's being sold. Do we pull out, pull up like for like a tiny sound in the speaker? Do we put out a, a, a mass telling people to come replace it? Or we replace if someone complains. Like these uh -huh. are all like, never ending uh, yeah. decisions. So there's no real gate at some point. It's just like daily gates. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> How do you call them? Door hinge strikes. It's, 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 a, it's a, not door, door, sorry, door frame strike. Yeah. So you're, you're walking. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, your watch stands proud of your wrist and you, we've all done it. We're, we're walking by the door frame and you hit it and you go, uh, oh, that's terrible. I, you know, and then you look at it and maybe there's a micro crack or maybe, you know, uh, you've chipped something off. So, uh, we, uh, we were doing a specific, um, ball test, you hold the watch and you drop a ball from a certain distance to hit it to the face. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, we had to add another one where the ball, but at a sharper edge, hits like a 90 degree, hits the edge of the watch. So um, I think it was third or fourth generation watch where we decided to implement this additional test. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, and the question could be like at Apple, it seems to be very um, like like on a on a on a daily basis that those decisions are made. But in many companies, those decisions are made as I as I uh, already said, like on a monthly basis, where the 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 damage is already three weeks behind. And you have you're doing the decision three weeks later, which is way too late. And the question could be, if if it's really necessary for senior management to make a decision, or if maybe some decisions can made can be made at the base, and by that just also speeding up the the whole process. And I think that's already something where many companies in Europe uh, can can still pick up a lot of pace by just making decisions of that kind um, much faster. I'm, 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 your email now is really, really uh, making sense to me now because, uh, again, at Apple, the people who get to the very top have photographic memories. 
Okay. The reason that they get to that level is they are acutely aware of every single micro detail mm -hmm. with the product. They yeah. cannot be passive leaders. They are acutely understand the, the most minor details of mm -hmm. every single product that they own. And that's people who get, people who get to the top at Apple, the, they are extremely brilliant yeah. uh, and they don't forget anything and they can keep track of everything. So that system works at Apple where there's this, uh, uh, all these micro issues are well understood by everyone at the very top. Okay. Well, that's honestly something I thought about when writing the mail that, you know, it, I didn't want it to come across as undermining the experience you had at Apple and, and yeah. really thinking about that, that this approach also works in certain uh, environments. And I was thinking about the clients and companies that I've been with that at no point would I say that every senior manager would have that kind of detail knowledge of, of the product that they are trying to bring through a phase Uh, on the contrary, um, they just they just rely so much on being lied to. <laughs> oh my God! Everything yeah. is. You would lose your career at Apple, also at Dell, so fast if yeah. you fabricate something that. Uh, yeah. My boss, who's the VP, my boss for, I mean, he was, he's the head of all enclosures at Apple. He knew that in order to reduce the gap between two parts, whether it has to put a 0.05 millimeter shim or 0.02 millimeter shim. Okay. I was constantly tested. And I will tell you now, I'm about two-thirds as smart as he is. So it was really stressful at times. Okay. I believe that. Everyone, and again, when you have people at these levels that are so hyper smart, everyone under them, the management is by testing all the time. Okay. Wow. So uh, – It is what you tell me about a senior leader not being aware of where the product is heading. Uh, I, I apologize. It's so alien to me. I've, okay. I can't uh, wrap my mind around it. Yeah. You can, just to you know, <laughs> uh, give you an idea, you can pass a phase gate. You can have everything on green without having a physical product in your hand that shows that everything is on green. This is how... This is how some companies in this in this country uh, are run. It's it's sad, but it's the truth. <laughs> and this is where I was coming from. Good that we get to talk about this. I'm so because, glad we uh, had this conversation. Again. Excellent, perfect. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a famous sentence uh, from Intel, right? Only the paranoid wins. You know, <laughs> you have to always question everything, and uh, just makes you. Uh, paranoid but uh, maybe that helps sometimes yeah and i guess it did help apple to get where it is today right <laughs> yeah i think so yeah, yeah, yeah. if you think about a, a startup that had an idea 
and want to bring a product to market. It's not just the idea of the product. Yeah, it's just ultimately also really the the the, the hardware steps that are still required. If I if I want to get a, a software or an app on the market, there's a, there's a smaller hindrance like a, mm -hmm. a barrier of entry, right? It's like well, there's apps that I can do. I can get some guys that have done it before. Um, I can continue to develop on that product. You know, you didn't have such hindrance. And if I want to really bring out a product, I really need to get it done physically, right? To get the yeah. prototypes done, have the pre-series done. I might have a great idea about the functionality of this product, but I don't understand how to really produce it, how to get it serious, how to mount it, how to have a service concept behind it, how to maybe repair it later on. So these are really uh, stumbling blocks that are there that mm -hmm. may, might encourage today great ideas to come to market. Yeah? Yeah. And that's where we're working to get those stumbling blocks out of the way so yeah. that startups can come and say, look, I have a great idea. I mean, in an ideal world, they just, they just draw down the idea bring it to us and, and we get it the running. Yeah? Today, what we do as a service, of course, is, is producing those parts in a very early stage, mm -hmm. uh, helping them uh, to a certain extent, so very early in, in, in adapting certain things, maybe choice of material, choice of, 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 of shapes and so on, uh, uh, assemble, the, the chance to assemble it and then go into series, right? Okay. But obviously that step has to go much further earlier already. As I said, yeah. the manufacturability, the, the, the durability of the product and so on. Yeah. So ideally, like what uh, what customers would get when working with you would be to uh, able to make those decisions faster. So if, if you, um, I don't know, if you usually would do uh, the the phases. Let's see. Where's the where's the, the paper? Um, when you say uh, design validation and testing uh, is, is probably the phase where you say, okay, this this is what we need in order to to go to market and not break anything along the way. Um, and if by working with with Creatize, the idea of that decision. It's not to say that you have to already be able to make the decision in maybe phase two in the prototype phase, but to really know um, what what needs to be done in the future to make that decision faster. That would really add add value for for the client, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing is to uh, being able to produce faster, also uh, being able to produce prototypes faster, but also to have people that usually would enter the whole development phase uh, at a later point, for example, in uh, stage four, to bring those guys in already uh, in phase two or three, that would really, uh, I think, speed things up and, and save a lot of money. So let's say you want to build, a, and I always, this is my go-to for some reason, you want to build a drone that delivers food to inaccessible parts of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you may not have a design house. There's there's design shops like Frog, IDEO, etc. that do uh, some design plus some design for manufacturability. So some of the upfront work. Mm -hmm. If we can partner with a company like that, so. Here you are with the idea for this, you know, drone or a little mini submarine or whatever hardware you have. Mm -hmm. You turn to your right and ask your design guy, 
hey, or, or partner, can you design something for me? Then you have something designed for manufacturability in, an, in, a, in a beautiful world. This design house says, hey, by the way, you don't have to ramp up a massive procurement organization. Mm-hmm. Let me introduce you to Creatize. And then we can work with the design shop to say, like the design shop says, uh, I'm thinking of machining this piece out of uh, a block of aluminum. We go, well, you know, how about you uh, cast it? I'm making something up and then do secondary, like the really critical dimensions. You can just machine those. You don't have to machine the whole thing out of aluminum. So we kind of provide like a sandwich of care for this startup from yeah. design. But, that'd yeah, be, that'd be perfect. Carl, thank you very much. I think this is a very good exchange yeah, on, on, on this guys. topic. Uh, I think we had different views and different points. And um, I think we should do it again if we, we have the time. And um, I would love uh, it. Time one day. It was very interesting, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah anytime. Perfect. Anytime. Yeah. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Zoff. It's great insights. This was really fun. And we should really repeat this conversation real soon again. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast as much as I did. In case you want to download Zoff's white paper on the FaceGate process that we mentioned uh, during the podcast, you can find it on our website at creatize.com. So please tune in for our next episode. We'll keep you posted. To stay tuned for the next episode, subscribe to our podcast or follow us on creatize.com.